Porridge math. If it's too hot, like, what do we do about this porridge? Yeah, that's true. Oh, too cold. God, cold porridge. What are you going to do? Like, that's a whole other... Right, that one requires, like, scientific intervention. The law of porridge thermodynamics is what we're talking about. <laughs> Used to be four ordinary Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning to a brand new day, a uh, wonderful sunshiny episode of Saturday Morning Tuesdays. I'm Austin. I'm Rory. Oh, and riding down on a rainbow, it's me. I'm Andy. Hi. Uh-oh, Andy got trapped in a rainbow again. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> How long you been up there, big boy? <laughs> oh, a few years, but I'm not, I'm not tripping. Yeah, we're all in such a wonderful mood because today we've got a very special guest and her friend is Charlotte. Hello, Charlotte. Hello, that's me. I'm Charlotte. Yeah, and Charlotte I wanna, is I want to ask you a question. Did you, did you did you say we have a very special guest and her friend is Charlotte? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I heard. Very ready to talk about how I've only known as Molly Larson's friend and that's literally my whole thing that you just... We have a special guest, but she's not on this episode, but we did bring her friend. <laughs> <laughs> we got you a consolation prize. Look, sometimes we get a rainbow stuck in our throat and we can't we can't speak the word right. <laughs> it's all right. I know you were really tempted to just call me Goldilocks here with the three bears, but oh, yeah. we appreciate well, that's you. That's a great point. I know. We will be your three bears. Thanks. Because we're celebrating a, a special all full of wholesome episodes. Andy's nickname is Three Bears. <laughs> That was mine in college. That doesn't even make sense. It's just a bear triad. Uh, <laughs> oh, this yeah. is going to be good. Oh, yeah, yeah we're, we're doing we're wholesome bears. We're doing wholesome, wholesome bears. bears. I think we might have yeah. to explain what wholesome bears. I don't know if that goes, no, 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 that no, goes no, without saying. Clear. That's exactly <laughs> I don't think we need to explain anything. I think True. we are All right. just okay, forge okay, ahead. Let's, let's lean down to the level of our listeners. I'll, I'll, I'll pander here for a second. I'll, I'll, I'll condescend to explain what wholesome bears would possibly mean. Let me just uh, squat down real low and get on your level. <laughs> uh, Hold on, let me pull up were... a pillow. <laughs> oh yeah, you all okay. comfy? Everybody yeah. comfy? Yeah. Are we all we all feeling about seven or eight years old? The target audience of these shows that we're watching today, <laughs> literally uh, all the time. We yeah, that's fair. We picked three different bear shows from the eighties because there were a lot of adorable wholesome bear shows only yeah i was gonna say only shows based on their bareness or were this was there another qualifier well the wholesome qualities is up there too yeah it's pretty high i mean there's other bears that we could have chosen i mean could have got some of those nasty bears the the gross men the gross (laughs) bears yeah the bad bears oh we got to do a bad bears episode too (laughs) i think we have to do a bad bears episode now yeah no there's no I said just we, like inviting myself yeah. as Goldilocks to the next no, Yogi, Yogi, Yogi is a thief. <laughs> Yogi is a dirty thief. No, well, and more importantly, he's stealing food and he has no concept of what those people's economic situation is. Yeah, but he's an omnivore. He can eat literal garbage and be fine, but he still chooses to steal people's like cooked human food that we giant eat. Giant sandwiches. It's just they're giant gonna, sandwiches. They're going to starve out in the woods. Eat. They're so not like not. by a supermarket. They're going to starve without yeah. a picnic <laughs> basket. Yeah, well, 
none of the bears that we're talking about today would ever even think about stealing your picnic basket because we're looking mm-hmm. at the Care Bears. We're looking at the Gummy Bears. We're looking at that beautifulest of all bears, Winnie the Pooh. And that's, that's the side. new adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Oh, the yes, new the adventures. new adventures. The... Oh, man, I just, mm-hmm. we'll get there. We'll... I'll save it. I'm yeah. saving this hot coal of, of fiery passion <laughs> so we get to yeah. that part. I don't want to blow and, it all at the, at the top. And here's the dealio. There are also a lot of other very wholesome shows we could have seen. You know, we talked about stuff, stuff like Arthur and Franklin mm-hmm. and shows that really, you know, have no teeth to them, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> Like the characters on the show. Right. They really don't have teeth. Just, right, yeah. like if you're None a turtle or like, <laughs> or an aardvark of some kind who... God, if turtles had teeth, the world would be such a terrifying place. <laughs> yeah, we don't need that. There We've snap seen the damage you. they can do with just those guns. Ah, right. snapping turtle with teeth? Oh. Yeah, so we, we said goodbye, Franklin. No. Adios. We want to do the bears. Uh, hey. Kyle, you listening? I think we want to hear some of that Care Bears theme song. Care Bears countdown. Four, three, two, one. Who's that coming from somewhere up in the sky? Moving fast and bright as a firefly. Just when you think the trouble's gone out house, who's going to be there when it Hey everybody, uh, lift up your your Whoa. shirt and reveal the weird <laughs> Care Bear symbol on your stomach and project a Care Bear stare uh, right in right into. Uh, this is going nowhere. The point is, we're at Care Bears. Well, you can put your shirt back on. <laughs> yeah, first of all, put your shirt back on. In the episode, on. they didn't have to pick up their shirts, did they? Didn't they just blast no. into their space sweatshirts? Yeah, no, I think because they're not wearing pants, but um, <laughs> not all of them wear. Wow, clothes. I like I projected more wholesomeness onto the experience I had than there was apparently. Yeah, right. Yeah, all right. Yeah, uh, they're they're dongs out all the time. <laughs> just so constantly. Here, here's the thing: the episode we watched of Care Bears was called "King of the Moon." Great title. Right. Such yeah. a and good title. Really inviting. A. And it, or or fifty A, depending on how you count, which sure. is an odd little. Okay, thing. well, we don't need to get into the different, like the this, like you know. <laughs> we don't need to get theory. into the Care Bear Wiki. We just need like straight Wikipedia. <laughs> Look, you guys, I like being technically correct at all times. Uh, you can ignore <laughs> me if you want, <laughs> but I'm we gonna also, be right. Like, I'm gonna be here in my corner, just being right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Austin, sorry. Please, please yeah, tell us no, more we, about King of the Moon. We also like picking episodes based on the quality of the title if we have nothing else to go off of. Mm. And King of the Moon is is as good a place <laughs> to start as any, I think. Um, but so the synopsis of this is uh, Braveheart believes he's not needed by his crew and becomes King of the Moon, but soon learns that they need him after all. Yeah, it really just wraps yeah. it up, doesn't it? just gets right to the end of the story in the summary. Yeah, no, it really is the entire thing. But it's interesting there that they don't mention the extremely parallel B story of, uh, of, of, 
what is her name? Shrieky. Shrieky. Shrieky and Beastly. Shrieky and Beastly, wherein Shrieky is also completely useless to Beastly. Like, Beastly does everything, but Shrieky's like, this is the way it's supposed to be. I am in charge, and I am not supposed to be doing any work. Whereas Braveheart's like, I feel bad that I'm not doing any work. But it ends up being the same thing, where they both have to, like, you know, take things into their own hands and do... Um, I was also confused by... I don't think, a, I think th- they did this like, this is a parody episode of, of Star Trek, right? We, right, because they don't go in space usually, right? Like, yeah, that's what I was saying. Right. It's like, it's a very odd, like, <laughs> he's acting, they're acting, the, for the, this whole show, they're after, after it opens in on their like, kind of like, fake, like, captain's log. They're, oh. They stopped pretending this is a parody, and I was very confused by that. <laughs> it just became like straight canon, and I was it's, very yeah. Now also, it's just a spaceship show after that. Yeah, I well, felt like I lost something because I like hadn't. I you know we're thirty episodes into this series, and I don't remember watching the Care Bears much as a as a young child, and so like I was like, is there a lot that I'm supposed to know going into this besides <laughs> that like. The, the lion at this point is just a trope. Like, his everything about him was so just like, I can help, but you've got it. And, like, he was he was Kirk, but way worse. It was great. Like, I it set me up to know everything I needed to know, even if I didn't understand where it fit within the greater Care Bears universe. Yeah. Which apparently right, sure. now also includes various and sundry moons. So and I'm looking question. at the other synopses here for other episodes around it, and there are at least six episodes that take place aboard the SS Friendship. Was this a whole this- arc? Yeah, this is like an entire arc. Okay, of, but did uh, Star Trek shit? Did the starship get hiccups at any other time? Because oh, let's God, not so act funny. like that, that is so the funny. cutest <laughs> darn reason to have to crash yeah. land your like that. Sh- when a little bear comes out and goes, "Oh, this ship's got hiccups," you're just like, "Wow, well, 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 buddy." Have yeah, you tried turning was... it upside down and feeding it water? Like, also, it's it's kind of good. Like, it's good sci-fi nonsense because that's basically what they do on Star Trek too. The ships just <laughs> right. got hiccups, but they they dress it up a bunch. Right, they call but it a recalcitrant like, exactly it. Oh, it's literally as as likely that a hiccup, like a, a ship, would get hiccups. Um, it was such a good, such a good reason to then have to like bring out a bunch of machinery and work on the wheels. <laughs> yeah, that's where the hiccups live. Look, there's a lot of there's a lot of details that we get that I think that we're just not we're not going to understand. Uh, but one that I do want to talk about is that what we're dealing with mostly on these in this episode are the Care Bear cousins. Uh, okay, like that. Yeah, there are not bear? bears. Yeah, so there are Care Bears, and we have a couple of them in there, right? I mean, like we have uh, we have Cheer Bear and Grumpy Bear. Mm-hmm. Like they're normal bears, but we like the ones that aren't bears are technically the Care Bear cousins, like the raccoon, and then yeah, the pig bear, a lion, and yeah. A pig. So so Braveheart Lion, Brightheart Raccoon, and Treatheart Pig uh, are <laughs> okay, all honestly. <laughs> Pig Bear made me really upset. So Pig Bear, I wrote, I have a note. Is Pig Bear wearing an ice cream on his stomach? Is this fat shaming? I think this is fat shaming. I really don't like this pig. I'm very uncomfortable. It's ever so slightly fat shaming that the pig pig is slightly a little portly, is named Treat Heart, and has an ice cream cone. It is exactly as portly as the rest of the bears. They all have identical stomach widths, but we we just call one of them fat. Can we talk about how fucking real this this like the plot of this episode is that, you know, somebody somebody in middle management assembles a team of competent like crew members and then fucks everything up by feeling unimportant. Oh, right. my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's legit so real, though. That is some yeah. office politics that I deal with on the daily. Like that is literally every it day. Was, 
really real. Like I yeah, felt you, you hear that? You hear that, affected. Charlotte's coworkers? Yeah. <laughs> I hope you're listening. <laughs> they will not be. <laughs> also, everybody's oh, really passive aggressive about it, too, <laughs> where he's like, well, I, I'm going to do some thinking. Like, okay, well, I'm going to actually do some work. So I'm actually just going to get something done over here. No help okay. needed, Captain. You I'm can just... probably go. Well, I love at one point they literally just go, how about you just take a walk? Like, literally yeah. just leave. Like, go away from here. Um, I I wanted to point out to I have all of my notes are in, in chronological order. So before oh, we get perfect. too far yeah, into yeah. the episode. Yeah, yeah. Um one, I really loved Shrieky, who was just like sunbathing on the moon. Like that's a remarkable <laughs> choice. Like that's a strong like to just mm-hmm. be like, I am on the moon, what a better place to work on my tan. Right. Yeah. Well, and Shrieky and Beastly to be to be clear for people who maybe have absolutely no idea what the fuck's going on with Care Bears, they're the Which, like, ba- they're didn't. the bad guys. Shrieky, yes. Shrieky is like the main bad guy's niece. So Lord Noheart is her uncle. Lord okay. Noheart okay. Is- <laughs> Lord I Noheart. Say, they God, really I love kinda... names that just give me everything. This is like Dickensian naming where you just like know <laughs> immediately right away what someone's deal is. Like it's oh, yeah. just so quick and easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they really kind of phoned in these villains, I would say, compared to some there, other ones. There is a really good moment though uh, of true like wholesomeness sh- that I thought was really lovely, and that's when uh, uh, Shrieky keeps calling Beastly Crater Brain, and <laughs> um, like over and over again, this guy's getting shot down by this. And then at one point, he's walking away feeling really bad about himself, and then he's like, Crater Brain," and then he goes, "That gives me an idea." And of course, the idea is flawed, and it doesn't work because he uses that weird invisible shield thing, and it doesn't. Yeah. Of course, hilariously, to great comedic triumph, he, he, it doesn't he wa- work. Wily Coyotes it really hard, right? Yeah, but I just felt yeah. like that was such a good lesson of like sometimes your flaws are what help you grow, you know. And I just found that really <laughs> sometimes hard, you are a Crater Brain. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> you are a Crater Brain. Sometimes, sometimes your people suck. make fun of you, and it actually is going to help you. Sometimes they're right. Yeah. Like, sometimes lean in. they're right like lean in just let it you're a creative brain it's fine let that be who you are like don't fight against your nature um sometimes then the you're rubber making... and they're glue shoot for the middle shoot for the middle <laughs> yeah you, uh, you don't you don't have to try hard at all you don't have to try that hard well okay so there's one there's one other thing uh about uh shrieky that i really like which is that they do that they do that weird uh, kids show thing that we've seen once or twice uh, on stuff that we've watched on the show where they like, oh, how do we make someone how do we make the viewer think that this person is really oogie? Oh, I know. Make him drink a gross milk. <laughs> yeah, yes! drink a, yes! a gross. <laughs> I have a giant, a giant note that just said pickled onion milkshake. Yes, queen. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah live like, your best and, truth. Yeah, and she, I just love that. Like, they have to make a point of her going. Mm! Pickled onion milkshakes are my favorite. Like she I'm super gross. I'm super yucky. <laughs> but also another point about Shrieky. Okay, like I I decided at the top to like be really into Shrieky because I just like felt like she needed some like someone to appreciate she needs her. Needs a cheerleader. Her yeah. eyebrows match the one highlight in her hair, which I just think is fantastic. <laughs> it's quality. She also at one point literally shrieks herself to freedom. Like when they get caught up in the lawn <laughs> yeah. chair thing. And she's just like, I can't get out. And he's like, I can't get out. And so she just screams and then escapes. And I'm just like, yes, it, you're, use your voice. Like, act like that inner power is so is so impressive. Also, when that gross milkshake inevitably spills on 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 the guy, what's the guy's name? <laughs> Beastly. Uh, Beastly. Beastly. And he's like, ooh, I hate onions. No, you don't. Yeah. 
That's ev- it's an all food. What are you, what are you trying to <laughs> also, also, I would like to point out that a pickled onion did not take, taste anything like a regular onion. So I don't sure. understand why he's like. Also, it shouldn't be neon yeah. green. No. That was, yeah. No. Pickles are neon hair. green because they're pickles. Because but they're like, cucumbers. Because cucumbers yeah. start out green. Well, right. Yeah. But a pickled onion isn't but gonna it, it, be. Uh, I don't think yeah, but it's gonna no be. No little kids have ever eaten a pickled onion, so they just hear pickle and they go, "Oh, the green one." Oh, and the so, gross stuff. You know, oh yeah. When you're just yeah. trying to sell children on the idea of capitalism and stuffed bears, like you just go for the easy, the easy kills. Uh, should we talk about moon dots? Oh my god. Yeah. So about I... halfway through the episode, on his, on his, on his moonwalk, uh, out of left field. Mr. Mr. Braveheart's building sandcastles, and who no, should no, no, arrive? He's sitting. He just sits oh, down. He hasn't built a... Yeah. Oh, okay. He's yeah, sitting down, yet. and he's like, I'm useless. And in that exact moment, two tiny voices erupt from the night and say, thank you. Like, you're so helpful. <laughs> and he's like, what? Who's there? And does a little, like, you know, little cartoon child jumping up without you moving their legs, kind of like, Whoa! like, zoinks, kind mm-hmm. of, well, without <laughs> saying zoinks. But you yeah, know the physical embodiment too. of the word zoinks, you know? I do. And then it turns, and it's just, like, these little quotation marks. <laughs> just little literal just dots that open halfway to be these, to be quotation marks. These small space raisins that <laughs> need that our see, help. Also appear to be completely two-dimensional. Like they don't yeah. ever turn. Like they're just flat. <laughs> it dots, is the which easiest is thing the to animate. Laziest possible. writing I've ever heard. They're like somebody put in like, well, I don't know, moon dots. We'll figure out something else later. And then it <laughs> I got want something too late. small and incredibly cost effective <laughs> to animate. <laughs> I want Write to be able to animate two of them and just repeat it all over and over and over again. And they'll just kind of float on the ground. Yeah. Oh, also, okay, here was my other question. How did Braveheart become the captain when he is the least talented person? Okay, yes, I know how because middle management. But like Right, he's the whitest and the straightest. Like, is he simply the <laughs> eldest? Yeah, right? Like how is he? Well, I think I think it's uh I think it's just that he's a lion, right? I mean, like there it's right. just tradition. It's just tradition that like <laughs> you kings. would give it. They're king of the jungle. You just right. it's he a got, monarchy. He got torn in half uh during the Scottish and English war. <laughs> So they felt bad for him because he was like freedom, freedom. (laughs) I hate, I hate all of that. Okay, but then, but then he's like, okay, he goes from like, oh, so the dots needed shade, and they were like, you sat here, you gave a shade. There's no shade on this rock full of craters. There's no other place. The stump you were sitting on, from which there is also a shadow, could not possibly have provided us with any kind of shade. We are to assume that these creatures have been living in absolute heat-induced agony. How are they alive? For (laughs) so long. And then he, instead of just being like, I made you this pile, he builds them a sandcastle using only his hands, which maybe is his one skill. Yeah, that's impressive. He didn't have any tools. He's got some good edges. Right. And then, yeah, (laughs) it's beveled. It's like, well, he didn't even use a leveler. He didn't have any, like, a... Well, see, technically, the regolith of the moon of uh, of moon soil has a different geometric uh, combination, so it's allowed to create sharper. No, nobody, I'm nobody interrupt throw you this. Off a bridge. Nobody interrupt this. I want him to. I want him to continue. <laughs> no, 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 this thought. is actually true. I saw this in the MythBusters episode where they go to the moon and that the, 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 the footprints. The they footprints go to the. Stay wait, how in. can? Hold on. They rewind. The grains shakes. haven't been weathered. The grains they, haven't been weathered like the sand on Earth, so that it. They are uh, chunkier geometrically, so they hold their shape. Oh, 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 but let's remember that we don't know this is Earth's moon. 
There is oh, nothing yeah. in this episode that indicates that we are in the solar system as we know it. You guys are both implying that the moon is real, and I don't really... <laughs> <laughs> For the sake of the television program, The Care Bears, we're going to assume at least this one. I don't know. I'm with real. Rory. I, I ain't never been there. Yeah, I'm They moon. did say headed for that small moon, which was a Star, <laughs> Star Wars reference. It's, it was a very little Star Wars reference. It I was like the it. tiniest little, and I liked it. Uh, but then he builds them. He builds them houses, and well, he builds one house for the two of them, which is luxurious and clearly has like eighteen rooms in it. Yeah. And then all of the other dots show up in really beautifully animated uh, piles, and uh, all demand houses as well. Which leads me to think that he's just created like property among these people that maybe had yeah. never had concept of ownership before. Yeah, he's completely destroyed their utopian lifestyle. Literally destroyed <laughs> right. their way of life. Like, completely. And then, like... <laughs> but they're all like, oh, thanks. Now we'll never have any right. problems. And then, like, after he <laughs> somehow saves the Care Bears by showing up, he, like, then uses them to build way more things. Like, there's, like, a city hall. These people don't have government. Not, what? Not, they do now. They do now. Like, yeah, how? We've Except, just invented... Okay. <laughs> Here's the and fucking guess, thing, and, though. And I'll be your king. He introduced yeah, bureaucracy the to them. They can't build a single bit of shelter, they... but they built a giant crown. <laughs> <laughs> Where did the crown come what from? What is the crown made of? It's not a... It, everything else is made from the dust of the moon, and yet it's blue with, like, gems, but it's also, like, m- melty? Yeah, is I don't know. A silly I thought it was, like a, like, a, like, a felt they... hat kind of thing. They've oh, spent their entire lives building the single crown. But where did the felt come from? Could, <laughs> where did could the mercury come to felt the wool? Huh? Huh? Right. So, okay. So we've 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 basically talked about the plot of this episode. There's a lot of ridiculous shit that makes no sense. Here's something. Oh yeah, I'd though, like she, to, I'd like she to gets do. them with a mirror, like a lasso mirror. Anyways, it was weird. Yeah, it's bizarre. Here's something I'd like to do for all three of these shows. Uh, what did you guys? What did you guys think the moral of this story was for the kids? For the kids watching, uh, to pull the longest con possible to dig for compliments from your friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's uh, good. How about how about uh, how about being a leader is about doing nothing? <laughs> right. It's about hiding doing yep. nothing. Well, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's also, about uh, it's about not being ashamed of your lack of qualities or or like yeah. qualifications. It's about it's about offering, being. <laughs> it's about offering to help and then proving to be so disastrously inept that no one ever asks you for help again. It's okay it's, to be proud of the very privileged system that puts you in power. Yeah, it's it's sitting around and doing nothing until you get the angry phone call <laughs> and, from and, and middle management. To be, and expecting to be applauded for it. I also right. feel like there's a key lesson in that the only value people have uh, is in the beneficiary, the benefits they can provide for someone else. Uh, it's really just a love song to capitalism. I like it. It's like if you're not making beneficial outputs for others, then you are literally useless. Your walk is useless <laughs> until you built civilization for these useless dots that were useless before they so, owned Yeah, property. so go find somebody happy and ruin their life. <laughs> ruin them. Ruin them with bureaucracy and capitalism, which given that it's a a show made to sell stuffed dolls. I'm not surprised that it's like got very strong bends towards like valuing you for your, for your output only. So the only other thing we did skip one thing that we always try and do on these. so let's take like 30 seconds and uh, let's talk about the theme song. Sure. Oh yes. Uh, I have, I have one fact about this, which is that it was uh, performed by John Sebastian of the love and spoonful, best known for the what? song summer in the city. 
<laughs> like hot town summer in the city it's it, yeah he he sang the care bears theme song so that's my fun fact about the theme song <laughs> that has elevated the song to an incredible height in my mind like before i was like passable synth bullshit whatever i'm fine but now i'm like maybe this is art like maybe i need to go back in and really dig into those vocals it, I mean, it, it, it loses, uh, if we were to rank all three, I think this is the worst theme song of the three. Oh, by far. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, by far. But, you know, I, it, was, it was cute. Uh, it, was, it was very cheaply made, which was, you know, fun to see people kind of DIYing their way through this animated universe. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. But it, it did remind me, I think, why, though it did come out when I was two years old, I was never really a big Care Bears fan. <laughs> Didn't really hook me in the way that some other things have. You're kind of immediately too old for it, I think. <laughs> yeah. Anybody, any kid who sees it always wants to be cooler and older. And a show like Care Bears, you just... <laughs> like you... a kid watches this show and is like, man, I can't wait until I'm too cool for this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start pretending now that I'm already too cool for this because I cannot ah, Right. <laughs> oh, that's a good nutshell. Hey, Austin. Yeah, Andy, what's up? Uh, well, I, uh, I there's a there's a new sponsor coming down coming down the way, saying hey, and I want you to tell us all about it. Is that going to be okay? That's going to be great. Sweet, because this is a this is a, a a sort of collective noun, if you will. It's about a group. It's about a group that has sponsored us. Uh, the uh, the Rude Snakes. Yeah, <laughs> man, the Rude Snakes. That's an exciting thing to talk about. Uh, the Rude Snakes is a gang that patrols the streets outside of where I record. Um, and they, They're a Portland gang. Yeah, they make they sort of just make a loop around my building. Uh, and they continue to shout at me from my window from outside on the street. They, you know, whenever they see me, they sort of yell like, hey, get back in there. And oh, no. they make sure the door is usually barricaded. Uh, wow. And they take shifts, you know, evening shifts and morning shifts so that I can't escape. What I particularly like about this devious group of fellows is that they actually paid for advertisements in your podcast. So you could not even escape them from within your own Right. Home. No, they want to be heard. That is a power move. They want to be heard. And it's, it's you know, it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun that, that somebody <laughs> pays attention to me and... and and cares and and it's just sort of looking out for me because you know i can see it that way i choose to look at it in the sense that you know i'm being protected in a way from from the rest of the world and so the root snakes are you know they have knives and and guns and <laughs> at one point i saw a guy with a spear uh, wow. and they all have leather wow. jackets that are very cool i asked one time i asked for one and uh, i got stabbed in the leg and had to run back inside so I'm sorry, uh, that's not funny. That's not funny. Did they give you the jacket though? No, but you know, my wound sealed over time, and now I'm here to tell you about uh, this great gang that I assume maybe they can do commissions or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> custom leg stabbings. Yeah, I'm pretty sure for for uh, you know they have a tiered Spoke service mutilation. for like for for fifty dollars they'll uh, they'll let you decide what horrible obscenities they scream at Austin. <laughs> That's possible. Yeah, they kind of do like a loud, like a jumbotron thing. <laughs> you can pay them what to what to insult me with. So pay them a hundred dollars uh, and pick your poison. Yeah, maybe if you pay them enough, they'll finally go home. 
wherever that may be. <laughs> we so, can only hope. Thanks a lot. Uh, be sure to check out their website, rootsnakes.web. Uh, and, uh, you know, just learn all about them and, and maybe call the cops. Please call the cops. So that's my ad. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you. Dashing and daring, courageous and careless, faithful and friendly with stories to share. All through the forest they sing out in chorus, marching along as their song fills the air. Gummy bears bouncing here and there and It's time for our next story, our next little bedtime story. Uh, we're watching Disney's Adventures of the Gummy Bears. Uh, we, we picked uh, this episode again entirely for its title, Sight Unseen. Uh, this is episode 32 <laughs> called Guess Who's Gumming to Dinner? <laughs> and I still can't say it without laughing. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> to unpack there and i don't want to and no sentence it. with gumming and it has ever been what you want it to be <laughs> it's, never, it's never been a positive no Ugh. right no it was a bad choice uh so okay so this is what the episode's about uh after an autumn of hard work and preparation for the coming winter the gummies are looking forward to the holiday of fall's farewell but Sunny goes overboard with the celebration, trying to impress Kala. Uh, there's the names in this are are really difficult. Uh, they're very hard because we have like Sunny Gummy and Zummy Gummy and Tummy Gummy. I would also argue though that the fact that they make a point of naming every single one of them throughout the episode, and that this is a random episode in the middle of some season, tells me that they probably make a point of saying all of the names every time because no one knows who they are. No, oh yeah, I mean right, it's, it's very impossible. easy to pick up the gist of it when you're gone. The thing that isn't easy to pick up is how deep this world building is. In oh this my world. god! Mm-hmm. The like weird, inexplicable George R. R. Martin world building. <laughs> That's like, this thing is deep. It is. I mean, the the impetus for the show, I guess, was Michael Eisner, former CEO of Disney, just said that his son wanted some gummy bears and was like, hmm, I bet we can market this. <laughs> I'm sure I could sell that. Right. More. He tried to sell it. But then I got to read How could I take this, the things my kid loves and monetize it? I have just to read. Just like Winnie the Pooh. Sorry. I have, a- to read, I have to read some of this, like backstory for the gummy bears because oh my God, I'm so excited. please do. gummy so bears right now. are a fictional group of anthropomorphic bears who have a long and rich history and are relatively unknown to the humans of the world who believe that they are legends and fairy tales in series continuity it is said that in ancient times about 500 years before the events of the series the great gummies and humans lived peacefully together side by side but for reasons left undetailed it is suggested in the episodes light makes right and the knights of gummadoon that more malevolent humans crave the magical and mechanical advancements of the gummy bears and threaten them with war and possible genocide the great gummies what? were forced to flee and sail across the sea and find a new home the ancient great gummies left behind small scattered populations of bears to watch over the gummy <laughs> cities and warrens such as the main group of the series the gummy Glen gummies to await the time when humans and gummies could peacefully coexist and then could summon the great gummies to return home okay 
this is the dopest shit I have ever heard in my life. How is there not a gritty reboot of the gummy bears? Uh, hey, this you want to know what the gritty holy reboot? Shit. Here's the. It's going to be the, the prequel to the Game of Thrones. It's just going to be the gummy bears. Here's gritty the gritty reboot. reboot. Here's what it is. Uh, my my little fun fact. I got a lot of fun facts. My fun fact yeah. about all that is that this show is one of the impetuses for uh the creation of the show Gargoyles. Uh, no way. Because what? because the the one of the creators of Gargoyles fucking loved this show <gasps> and es- and essentially said, "Yeah, I want to make something that has as deep and rich of a backstory but is like more, you know, worthy of respect." <laughs> <laughs> but like better. Yeah. Right, that actually uses it. <laughs> I want to make this but like better. And so he made with Disney, he made the Gargoyles show. Um I, I don't else rules though. Okay. It, it, yeah, yeah. it does rule. Um rules. I have I have one more thing that I wanna I wanna bring up because this made me this tickled me. Uh this is a this is a quote from one of the head writers of Gummy Bears. Uh this is from a, a another podcast called the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. And uh this is a quote. It says, uh, well, we went into a coffee shop and kind of looked at each other and scratched our heads and said, He's crazy. And they mean Eisner. Well, I mean, you know, it's like, here's your main character, and we eat him every week. You know, that's stupid. <laughs> so I went back to producing records, and I get a call on the phone, and the pre- it's the president of the company. Hey, Jim, it's Michael. Oh, hi. Where's my show? I thought, oh, great. And so I instantly start t- typing some of the worst ideas on the planet. We had a bad guy named Licorice Whip. We had a villainous traitor gummy named Scummy Gummy. It was horrible. <laughs> that's that's a quote from the about the creation of this show. <laughs> So Michael oh Eisner God. just, at, on whim, is like, let's make a show about gummy bears. And so they like just... the Pixar okay. story is them having a magical lunch where they write these amazing ideas. <laughs> and then the, the gummy, gummy bears, bears is, is like, like, takes a bump of coke. It's like, whatever the fuck, I don't care. All right, here's some dumb shit. <laughs> How Incredible. much coke was pouring through Disney in the 80s? <laughs> this is intense. I loved it. Anyway, that's oh that's God, enough that backstory. So we should talk about the episode. But those I had to oh I had to bring God. that up. Yeah, that's it's so fucking good. Too good. It's that's too good. So good. That honestly gives me so much more respect for what we watched. Like yeah. I was genocide feel... happening in this there story. There was genocide, and they found <laughs> a way to still genocide. have traditions. <laughs> uh, like, this is incredible. What? Let's let's do this. Let's do this in the right order. Let's talk about the theme song real fast because people love okay. this one. Oh my god, yeah, it's a okay. it's a good one. No. Because this, okay, this is the beginning of, like, not the beginning, because as as we know, it, we aren't doing these in chronolog- chronological order, but I love this song because it actually does explain, like, what the gummy bears are, what they're here to do, mm-hmm. uh, what they offer. Like, it, magic and mystery are part of their history, along with the secret <laughs> of gummy bear ju- berry juice. Like, gummy berry juice. A, gummy yeah. berry juice. Obviously really important. Yeah. Uh, the, their legend is growing. They take pride in knowing. They'll fight for what's right in whatever they do. Gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. Yeah, like, yeah the bouncing is even in there. They do bounce. Uh, yeah, and, they bounce. Like when I was a little kid, I had a I had a little sleeping bag that had the gummy bears on it. And they were like in their little kitchen. And they were, you know, doing, I think probably making juice, which seems to me like probably a drug, but that's like, that's fine. Whatever. Uh, is the juice, juice part of them? Juice. Is like the juice from them? <laughs> Did they squeeze them? themselves? Is it a byproduct of I the gummy bear? I don't know. It's because a gummy it's... berry. So is that like... what the, the gumming is? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
during the gummy ceremony. It's tradition. It's and then there's like squeezing the human girl, and she's like, "I don't bounce." And they're like, "It's tradition, and we have to gum you. <laughs> you must be gum. Produce wow. your juice. These oh. are some, <laughs> These are some decidedly unwholesome fares. Very Thanks unwholesome. Thanks a lot. This is hashtag produce your juice. Uh, uh, <laughs> produce, produce your, your juice. juice. That's honestly going to be my motivational every time. I'm like, I don't want to write the thing or I don't want to do the thing. I'm going to be like, yo, produce your juice. Like, you have to. You have yeah, to that, do it. That, that hashtag's going on all of our everything yep. now. Oh, uh, yeah. Right next to tweet your wheat. Tweet your wheat. Um, produce oh, your that's juice. Um, okay, so right off the bat, this uh, this this show starts. Okay, so anyways, I had this sleeping bag that and I knew the song, but I never, I did not remember watching a single episode of The Gummy Bears as a Child, even though I own merchandise about them. But like... Yeah, I never saw this. I super, like, apparently did. But, again, it was on for, like, a year when I was born and then probably on the Disney afternoon for a while after that. So, yeah. who knows? But uh, the I'm watching it and, like, you look at, like, Grammy Bear, who's the mom. Grandma? Human. Person. Yeah, bear. Yeah, whatever. Grandmother. We don't really know <laughs> what their relations are to any of them because Sonny is clearly a slave for the princess. But, anyways. Well, you know Zummy and Grammy totally fucked. Oh, some for point. sure. They're the oldest. They're the only two oldest. You know that they got to be the like, well. They're the only ones that can. This is, uh, this is, we're our only options. Yeah. But like, I, so Grammy Bear opens her mouth and I'm expecting like a, a nice warm, like Berenstain Bear mom voice to come out. But it's like this like two pack a day, tired of your shit voice. Yeah, they're all pretty gruff. It's all June just like, Foray. It's our uh, <laughs> Rocky the Flying Squirrel, right? Yeah, it's just like real, real heavy, and I like it. Just sh- set me off to like a whole new space where this episode, like this show, was going to be a lot grittier than I was ready, and I was right. Like it was, they yeah, are gaslighting the shit each out of Sunny. Like <laughs> she's being a dick, but she's other. like a baby. Like she's a child, and yeah. they're being and her, horrible her, to her. Her thing wasn't even that bad. Like. No, she, her she, thing was like, let's be traditional, like you know, because apparently our whole entire existence is to save gummy bear kind. So, like, let's pay attention to it. And everyone's like, well, we don't want to. Except for Zummy Bear, who's like, I've been reading this book about this exact subject this entire time, conveniently Yeah, like, enough. in other sitcom plots that are like this, you know, usually she, she says something like, hey, my friend's coming to dinner. Don't embarrass me. So yeah. then they, ha, bear. So then they, like, ham it up <laughs> to be really embarrassing. Yes, yes. You know, first bear pun. One, first bear pun. In this one, she just gets excited about the thing they're excited about. And then they fuck her for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's seriously so mean. It's yes. so mean. Let's uh, let's like walk through the plot a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, first, I'll, first, let me, I let me get back to my notes. I want to let uh, I don't want to let the the comment that Austin made sort of go by by the by that Gr- Grammy Gummy is uh what was her name? You said it was June Four, right? Who yeah. I believe. Uh, I didn't actually look this up, but uh, it's just my memory. I believe was the voice of uh, Witch Hazel in the Looney Tunes for like forever. You know, the oh. like frump, frumpy witch. One hundred percent sounds legit. Like uh, I'm gonna go ahead and just assume that you're right because mm. it matches in with my ideas of the world. Yeah, yeah, I'm Not pretty, I'm pretty positive. You. Nope. Plus, pretty we had sure. uh, Paul Winchell, who is yep. both Goober from Goober and the Ghost Chasers. Yes, uh, but also and uh, Tigger in the way next more importantly. Watch. Yeah, that bear opens his mouth and do- goddamn Tigger starts talking. And I'm just like, hold on. Did I skip ahead? Am I ruined my life? Like, what is happening? And then nope. I couldn't get that out of my head. See, all yeah. I still hear is Paul Winchell, the video of Paul Winchell doing like weird racist ventriloquist dummies. 
okay. Uh, which I am a very the- wholesome bear, and I have never let myself see that. And I will not. I don't even want. I'm going to erase the part of my mind that heard you say that. I can't. Right, well, we're going right. to put a link to that video in the liner notes for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can all go watch Poenchel. Uh, I don't have to. <laughs> okay. Keep myself pretty. Well, he's, he's dead now, so. So, I mean, uh, jokes on all. him. The, the jokes general, on him. <laughs> the general storyline here <laughs> is that, uh, like we said, Sunny, Sunny's like the young girl bear. She's the young. And winter is coming. Yes, winter is <laughs> sure is, coming. Sure is. Also, and, just like love her sort of like gender fluid vibe. Like she's like, I'm yeah. not wearing a dress. I've got the short pompadour, she's but like I'm also like down on a hot, to like hot princess. Super crushing yeah. on this hot princess, but also like throws down the gown when it's time. Anyways, I'm getting ahead of our plot, but I just thought it was, I liked seeing Sunny's representation of like all the different ways a girl can be. Yeah, right. and just she's trying a to bear. just point out the wholesome stuff. You know, wherever I can in this wholesome bear. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> she's so- a bear. So she kind of has uh, like a like you know when women play Peter Pan in a stage exact, production. Literally, they're yeah. all yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very it's like much that so. vibe. Yeah. Just imagine. No, she's that, definitely but a cosplaying. Bear. Dis- she's yeah. cosplaying Disney's Peter Pan too. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so the, the the very quick version of what happens in this is that she, uh, like we said, there's a book that talks about old gummy traditions. The book of etiquette. The book of <laughs> etiquette. And uh, everyone is basically like, ah, awesome. False farewell's coming. That's the holiday where we sit in armchairs and do nothing. And so she's like, oh, but what about all these old traditions? And she's getting really excited about well, this well, princess well, that no. she's crushing on. First, she invites the, she like goes over to the princess's house and is like, do you yeah, want to maybe up. come over to dinner or whatever? And mm-hmm. then... The princess is like, I just came back from this crazy rad ball. I danced all night. I put my feet in water. It's really great. Well, I'm wearing this like fucking, snow white fucking dress. And it's like, so close to like what actually happened when you know when the little when the the young the younger generation uh, you know learned to read of like of like here's these here's these old guys these like old like you know there's this old guard of the old ways and everything's great for them and they <laughs> and they give this the book and this is the book of how we do things and it's great. And the uh, kid takes the book. Is like, let me just take a look at this book, and starts immediately fucking up everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no! Ignore those parts. Those aren't the good parts. No, <laughs> we've got things how we like them. Yeah. And so then she takes it back, and then like Grammy's like on her side. She's like, why not have more <clears throat> more traditions? Like she's just very into it. But uh, yeah. And then they just take it too far. I mean, Sunny gets way too excited. Yeah, starts, she goes. Starts she involving goes way more overboard. stuff. Uh, yeah, she it out. She lies essentially. She wants banners. Oh, she yeah. lies hard. I I wrote. Uh, Sunny is a felon level liar. <laughs> um, and like yeah, is obsessed with the banners. To uh, she lies to her princess friend because she basically is like, yeah, we're gonna do a party, and here's all the things that I haven't told anyone that we're gonna do at this party, but we're doing it at the party. <laughs> and then she comes back and tells everyone, "Hey, this is what we're doing at the party. That's your party too." But now I've made all the choices, and they rightfully the get... got to moon eyed over the princess and started spouting out a bunch of bullshit. And yeah, now we gotta, and, you got to deal well, with like she it. She was just wasn't proud enough of her actual roots. You know, she's trying to make her right. people out to be a significantly fancier group than they are. Well, yeah, and and in, and in glorious sort of like white girl fashion. 
the, the princess just says, traditions, I love those. Oh, I literally wrote that down. <laughs> I, I, it literally says in my in my notes, it says, I love traditions, quote, every white people. <laughs> so so here's the Does thing. Doesn't say, I love this suit, I love banners, I love these specific things, just, I love traditions. Like, I feel like we should probably touch on race a little bit because the episode title references guess who's coming to dinner yes. yeah it's a, yes. i was very i was very worried a very racially charged movie <laughs> yes uh, yeah. you know with sydney potier and and like different cultures clashing that are specifically white and black families mm-hmm. and this doesn't it, deserve that no, it title doesn't, it doesn't do that no it doesn't uh what it what it does which is interesting uh it interesting in, a, in an almost bad way is that all of the adults when they're when they f- all of them finally have individually decided they've had enough of sunny sort of taking control of this whole situation their recourse is not to have a talk with her like adults their recourse is to, to teach her a, it's to teach her a lesson <laughs> well and then the worst thing that happens is that the princess just goes along with them and like she's fine and but then like when they all like when it comes to light that they're being horrible to Sunny on purpose she suddenly is having the best time like it's yeah. at the point where <laughs> where the where Sunny is like I have been defeated by this my loving family into being a, a shell of the confident young woman I once was and like Gruffy puts his feet up on the table and then the princess literally turns to her best friend and says this is so much fun. I'm having the best time. I smashed an egg in your face. I guilt tripped you about not covering me in sherbet. I'm going to dump you in syrup. Yeah. I'm the literal worst friend on earth. And you're supposed to just laugh at it at the end. Her family treats her like shit. Her best friend is a is an awful, awful person who is clearly treating her more like a slave well, than a friend. The moral of this episode is don't forget your fucking place. Right? <laughs> sit the fuck down. Is the moral... Like, this is... it. I felt so... Like, this is a cartoon show for babies. And I was watching it and I felt so emotionally insecure. Like, in Sunny's position. Like, just looking at what she was feeling and doing and experiencing and just feeling like, oh, God, this is so much for a young mind. Like, I can't... Yeah. And for like, some I reason, would the rest of the family, if that happened to me, they have the high ground for the whole episode. Like yes. they hold it; they don't get lectured at the end. They just no. hold that high ground, and then Sunny's the, the one that ends. has to learn. Like, what is the lesson that she learns? Like, don't <laughs> that, fuck you for having dreams. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. The moral of this episode is: the old people are always right, and they get to laugh at the end. Literally, your, your old old people are always always right. And yeah. I'm not going to say that Sunny was was right because she, you know, clearly was being insensitive and like really take charge in a rude way. She was bridezilla total. Uh, so my other my other uh, possible morals for this episode would include uh, don't read books <laughs> uh, and uh, effort is for nerds. You'll get made fun of if you read a book too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's it, but also, like, it's a book that, like, Zombie gives that book to her. Like, they give her this and then go, why did you do that? Go, like, you pretend, fucking idiot. You read the that, whole book. Pretend that book is the Bible and this show makes a ton of sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. wow. Oh, yes. wow. 
Is this like a is this like a a, a a sort of like scoffing off of the Catholicism of old and the and the ancient traditions that make no sense anymore and like going your own way like a very like universal Unitarian sort of message? Yeah, and, well, and also and also like here's these here's these older people who are like again are like picking and choosing the parts of the book they like, and then here comes somebody else who's like, hey, what if we do all the book very or none zealous. of the book? And then, or you know, you get the, the the young zealot who's like, oh, man, I love this Leviticus guy. And everyone's like, yeah. oh, what no, if we like? Not that, oh, don't yeah. you, no, that's kind of the one one we don't like. Well, we this don't have a book. The book used to be in up. Latin. <laughs> I was looking for a frolicking rump with bouncy bears. And I just got like a gaslighting nightmare. Like of horrible just, yeah. people. We we should have we should have seen it coming when we uh, we should have seen, seen it coming. coming. <laughs> when... <laughs> oh, I'm like so the fact mad right the now. fact that they had the audacity just to even call this episode what they right? did. Yeah. That yeah. It, it it really shows how insensitive they're they're how they're willing to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh well let's let's gum our way to another sponsor, shall we? Sounds good. <laughs> let's leave. Hey Rory. What is it? Rory, please tell us about our brand new exciting sponsor, uh, Simon's Wine. Simon's Wine, you guys. Let me tell you about this guy, Simon, and his and his wines. Simon's Wine is a way that, that you can get your... What you got to do about the Simon's Wine is... <laughs> <laughs> this is all written down very specifically in right. the copy. Yeah, no, so... I love this copy. It's really on brand. So, have you ever been to the store? What's the first thing you notice about all those wines that are not shaken up the business? That are that are just normal. These normal wines. Uh, they're Italian. For sure. Ooh. Ooh, throwing down some shade on the Italian wines. <laughs> well, guess what? Guess what happens when you try when you try and buy them? What do they What do they What do they ask you for? Uh, ID. Your ID. So Simon's wine is is wine for for children's. It's that children <laughs> wine that we've been waiting for. <laughs> Yeah, haven't you wanted to be like classy and and drunk, but you were like just nine years old? Since the day I was born. <laughs> so Simon's wine isn't made with alcohol, but it does it does it does get you it does get you full as full it does of that. the job. It does the job. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely non-alcoholic. So so Simon Simon figured out that like he's he's a father of four, and he's like, God, can't can't I just get a break? Can't there just be a little bit of Simon's time? Just a little time for Simon, and he had, he'd have this all this old gross juice laying around, and he's just sitting Was here. Was that Nyquil? <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, so so Simon's wine is just enough different over-the-counter medicines that it's technically not any one of them, oh. and and it puts the, it puts those yappers right to bed. Now, uh, is this addictive or habit-forming in any way? You're addicted to the sweet, sweet silence of the time before you had children. <laughs> yeah, for those dang children, they're so freaking loud. It helps all the time. you regret them less. <laughs> Go back to a simpler time with Simon's wine. Gotta get up, I gotta get going. I'm gonna see a friend of mine. He's round and he's fuzzy. I love him because he's just food there with it. Right, thanks for coming back to Saturday Morning Tuesdays, everybody. So, our last episode tonight is a real Winnie the Treat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's wow. the show? 
I'm waiting. What what could the show possibly be? Wow. <laughs> it's called Winnie the Pooh: The New Adventures Thereof. Mm-hmm. Class, that is the, the proper title. Thank you for speaking it uh, correctly. Yeah. I think there's like a semicolon in there somewhere. Yep. Yep. The new yeah, it's like Win- Winnie the Pooh, comma the New Adventures Thereof, semicolon Double Day Press, nineteen, you know, like, like <laughs> f- fucking bibliographic. Featuring uh, Christopher Robin et al. Oh, that's good. Robin. What a good boy. Oh, Rory. what a good yeah, our, boy. Well, he is such a good boy. So we watched the very, very first episode of Winnie the Pooh. Mm. We didn't pull one out of the hat, which we were thinking about doing because, you know, there's some good ones in there. Not literally mm-hmm. every single um, one is a good one. So Exactly. What I meant to say is I, I watched the pilot just because I was curious because I wanted to see what the first event, like the first episode of this thing was like. Mm-hmm. And... It, it is a it is different in a few ways it kind of breaks form but for the most part it really hits the ground running it's kind of the show we've you love in season three right away oh from the top it really like they they knew what they were doing they knew what they had a hold of they knew that they had to do it right because Winnie the Pooh is not a game like this shit's been around since the 60s well I mean in America like uh, oh I have so much well yeah say. but even like you know you look at a show like Simpsons or King of the Hill or any other like long-running animated show and usually you see like voices kind of having to ease into whatever their animation you know, their long styles form change goes to. yeah yeah yeah. that too sure but i i was expecting voices to not be the ones the, like the beloved voices right away right well and i think that you're helped a little bit in that one though because uh the the voices as we sort of you know to expect them were created by other actors in some cases back in the 60s mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh like jim cummings doing poo oh. is kind of doing an evocation of uh of what's his butt who did it back in the 60s and 70s uh right. fuck what the hell's his name i totally lost it he was no in, his name uh, is what's his butt no it's not <laughs> what's his butt it's uh sterling holloway good lord yeah. uh so sterling holloway did it back there and so so jim cummings is vaguely doing a sterling holloway impression well yeah so so a little backstory on winnie the pooh in general um uh winnie the pooh was a beloved character in england for a very long time obviously because the books came out and they were a huge hit and there's a lot of information yeah exactly it's they're very and they were really well like kind of known it was like pooh bear and paddington and these are the things that english kids know and we all know them and that's the thing and uh uh Walt Disney's daughter was reading a Winnie the Pooh book one day and was like, Daddy, this is the shit. This is the best. Like, get on this. You see this shit, Dad? <laughs> Do you read this motherfucking book? It's about some stuffed-ass animals. Um, so, so Walt Disney's like, this is great, but there's, like, there's a strategy here that I got to use to make sure that, like, Winnie the Pooh becomes a household name in the U.S. the way he is in the U.K. And so the, the first Winnie the Pooh movie was actually three shorts that they put – at the beginning of other movies and like other Disney movies in the theaters, just oh, to kind of get who seated, out there seated in they, there, and then they also they added the red, um, you know, the red uh, sweater sweater on Pooh to make mm-hmm. it more vibrant because now we're in Technicolor, we're in the you know we're we're in the great goddamn U.S. of A. We're gonna we're gonna add some you know boisterous color to this thing, uh, and <laughs> then he also adds the character of Gopher, who literally in the movies says I'm not in the book, which is supposed to be about <laughs> phone books, but it's also literally, and he's the only American character at the time, but um. I think he replaced I mean, Piglet for those shorts as well, too. Uh, no, I th- Piglet's I think, in the first. Piglet's is he, in all is of them. He, is he, I thought, for some reason, I thought he wasn't, like, I thought that they brought him over. Maybe it's just I'm just that he was very, wrong. very small, and you didn't see him. It's fine. Mm, He's a very mm. small animal. So mm. so then, like, the, the key there with doing Pooh in the 80s was that you had to have that continuity of the parents 
who loved poo in the 60s giving it to the kids in the 80s because there was like a lull on the, like because then he just like kind of let it ferment with like the books and stuff and it was very popular or whatever and he became kind of a household name but like so I think it was very very important that they do recreate those exact voices just to try and like maintain the work that Disney did to make Pooh Bear a, a, a U.S. sensation right so, and then the, and then fa- you know fathers and mothers can be like hey this is it the new adventures. The it's for you right. guys. So when it's a my new mom show. And down, it's, this is the one right. I remember. When my mom sat down and watched it with me, I was experiencing something that she could also relate to because it sounded like the poo of her childhood. And then she could show me that movie when it finally came out on VHS or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there was no disconnect for me as a child of like, right. this isn't what Piglet sounds from like. From the poo family of products that already exist. Exactly. <laughs> from the great, the great who the the great well of poo that we have to draw from now, if i also if i remember my disney history correctly from when we did our ducktales special it was around 87 yeah. when ducktales became a hit and really kicked off the disney animation program again because they had a lull sort of the mid 80s and so this was kind of like bringing their shit back all, like, the all right ages. all right yeah, the mid 80s is what spawned gummy bears right yeah <laughs> <laughs> even though this was paired with gummy bears as the gummy bears Winnie the Pooh hour. Mm-hmm, but yeah, yeah but we for, knew what you were really while. logging in yeah. for or tuning in for. Yeah, we, wow. We know, we know which one was carrying the other. We do. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so uh, anyways, uh, so yeah. yeah, that was my Winnie the Pooh history tour. Um, just like, I want to make it very clear the level of bias. The first tattoo I ever put upon my body is of Winnie the Pooh. I am looking at my bed right now where I, as a 31-year-old woman, still have the stuffed Winnie the Pooh teddy bear that I got when I was two weeks old. Still on my bed right now because, I mean, where else is he Yeah, why not? Live? No. You can't why would put he, that why, on a why shelf. Could you take, why would you take him away from you? That oh, is obscene. Oh, piglet. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, Andy. You got to do that. You got to do that a little more. That's really good. That's really I don't, good. I don't. I don't have it. I don't have a lot, but I like. I like the way. I like the way he says rabbit. Um, I'm dying. Um, can I make like a? Bir- My birthday's in November. Oh, you have a while. If you could learn to just. Robin. If you could just learn to say like like happy birthday, Charlotte, in the poo voice by this oh, November, oh, then I'll die. No, oh, don't do it now. I can't handle it right now. Like, that time, I'm going to freak the fuck out. We have a whole episode to talk about. I'm going to lose my mind. We got to not. Well, well, let's let's make a hard shift from that wield that weapon over instead, her head whenever. <laughs> whenever instead, I get out of line, uh, just like. <laughs> Rory, can you uh, yeah, okay. tell us the, the summary of this one? Yeah, let me, let me, let me, let me let's talk about this one. Oh, we didn't As say the title of it. For, uh, what is the title? Oh, Pooh ought to be in the pictures. Pooh ought to be in the pictures. As a reward for Christopher Robin eating all his vegetables, he, along with Pooh, Piglet, and Tigger, go to the theater to watch Birdzilla, a scary monster movie. During the film, Piglet gets scared and thinks the monster, thinks the movie is real and the monster will get him. The gang tries to convince him that it is only make-believe and proceed to make their own monster film to prove it. God, this is the Piglet show right away, and it is mm-hmm. so worth it. I love Piglet. I am so happy that he's the main character in this first one because he is the he's the way in for little kids. Yeah, yeah. he's the audience. You know what I well, mean? Like, what I, what I love about Piglet is it, he's a he's simultaneously a kid and an old old man. It's, it's so <laughs> <Yeah>. lovely. 
I think everybody yeah, is exactly. kind of an old man, like different shades of an old man. <laughs> yeah. You know, like Tigger's like the weird old man who's like super energetic. <laughs> Robert's the like curmudgeonly old man yeah. who really likes who's set just in his the way. like sad who's kind the, of like, kind of got man. dementia a little he has like dementia. Yeah. He's definitely got dementia. Like who is constantly reliving his glory years in his head, and he's just he does not know where he is. So Christopher Robin just has six grandpas, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Has one faceless mother and six grandpas. Yeah. So I have a question. Maybe Charlotte is better equipped to answer this. Of the episodes I've seen of Winnie the Pooh, which I thought was a lot of them, uh, but there's still many more than I hadn't seen. Uh, Is this the only episode where they leave uh, Hundred Acre Wood? I know, but they don't leave often. What? I, okay, <laughs> like get it. I got very serious in my uh, dissection of this episode. <laughs> um, one thing I thought was very interesting because it is the first one, right? This is like we are reintroducing you to Pooh Bear, and so to have them start off like in Christopher Robin's house, and then also out in the real world, like yeah. in a modern space, like we are in America. Every single character is American. Mm-hmm. We are in the modern times. A child is seeing a film by himself, even though he still wears, like, Mary Jane shoes with his socks pulled up. In an empty mm-hmm. theater, right? In a completely empty theater wherein he bought tickets for his stuffed animals. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, like, legit, I would have done. It's fine. I, I like, put a seatbelt on my I, stuffed animals. I, it's fine. I, I, like, I would maybe hazard to say that if you are young enough to buy tickets for your stuffed animals, you are not old enough to go alone. <laughs> I think that is very accurate. Also, his mother just sends him off alone with three stuffed animals to see a monster movie. He's like, he'll be fine. Yeah. Like, that um, can't be rated PG, right? I mean... No! It had a giant spider! That's, that's an R an, rating, at least. It's Well, it's for, at least, it's at least a hard 13. It gets it's an rated R. S it's an for R. spider. I mean, yeah. look, let's. We know it was back in the era where like a PG rated movie could say fuck a couple times. You know? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so like, anything this is, is the off. '80s. You could rip somebody's face off and it's still G. It's fine. Like, right. it's no big deal. Yeah, yeah. You could shoot Bambi's mom and call it there a day. There's no concerned moms yet. Before any of that happens, though, this episode opens up with one of the most amazing. I wrote down in all caps, "What German expressionist dreamscape yeah. am I in?" It's suddenly because the it cabinet of Dr. Like, Caligari yes! or something. It's a fucking rat. That's exactly what I thought. I literally oh, felt like this is cabinet of Dr. Caligari shit. Like Caligari. <laughs> and that's actually that's the that's the aesthetic of all the like Disney shows in the uh, of the the sort of same space, right? Like Darkwing it's Duck also, and DuckTales yeah, all, just, all have It's also like, like hardcore referencing are... something that no child understands. Like no kid's yeah. like, oh, this is clearly German expressionism of <laughs> right. the early film like era. James Whale era, like monster Frankenstein I would shit. also argue that their parents don't know that either. Like it's so, I loved it. Christopher I, Robin, it's Nosferatu. <laughs> <laughs> did have a fun thing with the mummy oh the mummy's coming and then it's her mom yeah and then it's the mom Uh, also okay so then so then christopher is uh is is confronted with this gigantic plate of carrots which are obviously the worst thing that could ever happen well carrots are the villain of this episode yes but then they well or is it our fear of the unknown that is the villain of this episode but you you pass uh you you pass english 101 he proceeds (laughs) thank god God, uh, <laughs> I could finally get my degree. I've been waiting all this time. Um, he proceeds to then put all of the carrots onto one bite. So this it's a pretty funny this, little bit. 
This little bitch is complaining so hard about literally one bite of carrots. Like, yeah. Yeah, but one real bad bite. I mean. It's intense. It's got like, it's got like eight of those little uh, wavy carrots. Oh, man. Those little frozen wavy carrots. I didn't even think they they made those alone. Oh, and then let's let's not forget that mom has a whole freezer full of broccoli for tomorrow. Oh, no. (laughs) Sorry. What a monster. Spoiler alert. Um, uh, is there I, a dad I love, in the picture? Sorry. Well, I mean, that's, that's a good question. I feel like this might be one of the only times we really see Christopher's home and parents. I know yeah. that there are a couple episodes where they leave the Hundred Acre Wood, but I think they just go into other, like, fantastical places. Sure. I don't specifically recall. Like, cause I know there's one where they, like, go to the Wild West. Like, there's, like, a lot of variation in theme, but I don't specifically recall one. No, I know that I remember one where they're in a car. Mm. But you I know, was a child. Um, I mean, I mean the 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 actual relationship between Alan Alexander Milne or whatever the fellow's full name is and his <laughs> son and his wife is complicated. Uh, very complicated. And complicated. you know, of course, Christopher Robin is based off of his son. So yes. uh, uh, there's a great uh, film with uh, with uh, uh, Domhnall Gleeson as A. A. Milne. Um, oh, all right. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Goodbye, Christopher Robin. It's really mm-hmm. oh, I. Yeah. I cried right. my whole self. Yeah. Um, yeah. Christopher but, Robin know. actually hated uh, for most of his life the Winnie the Pooh stuff because he got bullied yep. in boarding school. <laughs> yeah, hardcore bullied. Also, he was really upset that like his dad like didn't really explain to him that now everybody was going to think that Winnie the Pooh was theirs and like he would be. Anyways, it's, we could just talk about this for days. And we got to focus on the one episode. I am gonna tangent us so hard and i need you all to just like literally slap me back into the world of this one specific episode Wha-pow. which has a baller musical up like a, a, a little a, music a, number there's a music number in app one yeah, yeah. so the the whole You'll episode right is structured into only make believe it's structured into two parts right there's like mm-hmm. uh the theater segment and then it's like a commercial break and it's back to the hundred acre the wood. wood section mm-hmm so yeah, mm-hmm. the theater section. They go into the theater. They see the they see the movie. It's very scary. Piglet, Piglet, and Pooh get wrapped up in a bunch of gum. Yeah, they go through a little gum adventure uh, under the seat. Oh, little gum. They they, they they uh they they undergo a gumming. There is, <laughs> they there get is gummed, a gumming. They get gummed really <laughs> they, good. There is a gumming. They uh in a great crossover. There is a gumming. <laughs> yeah. There has been a gumming. <laughs> and then you, uh, you almost made me spit my kombucha. <laughs> well, <laughs> hang on to that kombucha because Tigger does <laughs> Tigger does like a musical number uh, about how Tiggers don't get scared. And yeah, yeah, Tiggers don't get scared, and also that you'll be okay when your friends are around. But also, most importantly, you'll be okay as long as Tiggers are around because Tiggers don't get scared. Right. And then during that sequence, to finish it's it, patently false. But go they on. just march out of the open theater. Like <laughs> they just the, the movie's not even halfway done, and they're just no. like marching cavalierly out of the theater. I mean, they were getting chased. I mean, also. not before they trash the projectionist's room. They did. Yeah, they destroy it. Uh, I like that musical number. Uh, because. Well, I mean, not, not to jump to the because I have end. a heart. Yeah, because I have a heart. <laughs> not to jump to the heart, end discussion I have a about beating bloody heart uh, about moral, but you know, one of the big actual points of this episode is that movies aren't real, and you know, scary stuff that happens in movies is is not is not real. Which I love. You. 
Like, as a wholesome bear episode, I love yep. that they attack this thing that's, like, seemingly not really a big deal. Like, shouldn't we teach kids about sharing and, like, not getting into vans with strangers? But also, like, being but afraid hey, of movies is Godzilla's real. And, like, not going to get you. Who is Go- out there telling little kids this? And, like, here comes Winnie the Pooh being like, look, I've been in retirement for 20 years, but I am back to tell you that it's just pictures projected on a screen. Like, yeah, you're like, just a guy fine. in a suit. Ghostbusters <laughs> just came out and your absentee parent put it on the screen and walked away and let you watch it. Right. And you're freaked, but Tigger says it's not real. <laughs> it's fine. Okay? Right. Maybe you accidentally watched the first 13 minutes of Beetlejuice and got scared for years <laughs> and thought that was yeah. a horror film for your whole life until high <laughs> school when in a very embarrassing circumstance at a friend's birthday party, you found out that that was not in fact a horror movie. You watched it for the first time, you laughed a lot, you got a crush on Winona Ryder, and then you lived the rest of your life. It's fine. It's not a big deal. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Very hypothetical situation there, I think. Extremely. I mean, I'm just calling it out in case somebody else might go through something like that. I mean, Mm -hmm. I certainly never... Not alone. ...have known anybody. (laughs) I mean, I also got a crush on Winona Ryder. Um, Who didn't, I like the animated series version. So when we head back to the Hundred Acre Wood, uh, Christopher Robin's bright idea for sort of helping Piglet is that they're going to make their own monster movie, which in a, on a, on paper kind of makes sense because then they'll own the experience, right? Like they'll be right. they'll be it's creating like, it's like it. Exposure therapy. Yeah, and and it's in a safe environment because your friends are all there because like all the monsters and stuff are going to be their idea, which well, does we not just actually... sang a song about how you don't need to be afraid when your friends are around. So like, right. we're good. Right, it should work. In, you know, in theory, except for the fact that Tigger. Uh, entirely misplaced effort uh, decides <laughs> that, in fact, the best way is to keep the monster a secret from Piglet. It just, he just fucking goes rogue. And he's just like, like I don't need a director. <laughs> I don't need a script. I'm just going to make my own fucking costume out of Well, he, go, he goes full Hitchcock, right? And he's like, the best way to make this movie is to actually scare him. To actually yeah. frighten everyone. <laughs> oh, but no, more importantly, though, before, before we see the reveal, though, <laughs> a very key plot point is that Christopher Robin introduces the idea that all heroes in movies wear white scarves. And so he has right. a white scarf that he gives Pooh Bear and says, this is a white scarf for heroes. And Pooh's like, well, how does that work? And he's like, I don't know. It makes you a hero. Key plot point, the white scarf makes you a hero it does indeed it's like dumbo's feather it's like a very key part of being a hero or like michael's secret stuff in space jam Mm -hmm. yeah or like gummy (laughs) berry juice (laughs) god the less said about that gummy berry juice the better (laughs) (laughs) hard disagree but all right (laughs) uh but yeah i just love the idea that that tigger is like, yeah, 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 safe space, all that other shit, but I'm gonna still just surprise the fuck. But also out of you. I feel like fucking with everybody is my main jam. If I try if I become emotionally vulnerable enough to actually understand another person's life through empathy, then I'll just fall into dust. So I have to be Tigger about it. But then it creates such this wonderful introduction for Rabbit in the series, who just like is just living his life. Trying to have nice things, trying to have a garden, yeah. trying to just, like retire. You know, like he's t- he's old, he's ready to chill. And then yeah. he's like, "I'm gonna eat this goddamn carrot that I grew with my own hard work and sweat and blood and tears." He pulls it out of the ground. And he's like, "I'm so excited to eat this carrot because it's literally the thing that I want most in, in all the world." Tigger somehow forgetting he's wearing this nine foot tall costume of a floppy carrot walks up to him and. Like, Rabbit has a come-to-Jesus moment of, like, maybe these things can feel, and I gotta go, like, what am I gonna eat? Like, what am I possibly... He, like, looks around his garden, like, if all of these are alive, then I am going to starve. Like, he's so... Like, maybe maybe somewhere inside Rabbit, he was like, I always knew this day was coming, my reckoning, 
the carrots have come back to speak for themselves. Uh, I don't. I don't want to bury the lead here. Tigger's Tigger's whole monster idea is that he's a giant nine foot carrot. Like, oh let's yeah, write, he's literally a giant carrot. He's good and at making costumes. He puts yeah. it on. It's giant. It's floppy. It doesn't. He has no control over it. Also, the zipper immediately gets stuck, so he can't get out. And Rabbit is like, "Oh, this carrot with arms and legs that are striped and orange and black, and has Tigger's voice. That means it ate Tigger." You're buying into a kind of a silly premise, but it's quite a lot of fun. It but I also love that premise fun. because it's like a very key premise for a lot of children's shows. Like, yeah, you hear a voice from inside of someone, and that means they're still alive in there, and you can save them. And it just like. It's a yeah, comedy of like, errors. Like kind of like old school children's fairy tale. Angle. Yeah. So then so then they they like and he wanders onto set and everyone's freaking out and uh Piglet's doing his best. So, oh, also Christopher Robin in like a horrifying stroke of cruelty casts Piglet <laughs> as the character who is running away from the monster. <laughs> he's like, "Oh, can I be the character that's scared at home?" And he's like, "No, you must run." Oh, yeah, no, Piglet. We're using bite. your fear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> such a dick movie what makes the movie magic real <laughs> christopher he's robin a, is a lot like an alfred hitchcock in this like he's very uh, cruel christopher is he's a like hitchcock. a jared leto he's a, on he's set a, he's a yeah kubrick. <laughs> he's a kubrick oh. he's he's a kubrick to to the you know the shining situation with with piglet as uh as what's her face as, as what's her face and, and, uh, and so, so, Pooh, so Pooh is jack nicholson right. at this point yeah. Where it's like somebody and, clearly and, has anxiety and Tigger issues. And is the actual specter of alcoholism <laughs> haunting the set. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, okay. So the uh, there is a, a really wonderful resolution to this moment in, in a horrible way, I think. Uh, wonderful in that it is sad and it really moved me. Where they uh, they have a plan. They're trying to mess with the carrot. Uh, but Piglet, Piglet sort of fails. They're carrot into a hole. Uh, yeah, they're just gonna scare it into a and hole. And also, there's also a literal honeypot. Yeah, they, they try a, to trick a it with a literal gambit. honeypot, uh, which doesn't fit into the plan in any way that I can really conceive of as as like reasonable. Uh, but apparently, he, Piglet's supposed to throw some honey. Winnie can't conceive of anything that doesn't have honey in it somewhere. <laughs> so look, he's a he's a he's a man who knows what he likes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the 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 point of it all is that Piglet fails under pressure and he can't help. And he's too scared. And Pooh manages to figure it out on his own. And he gets, you know, he get he gets the carrot and Tigger comes out and they all figure it out. But but like Piglet is shook because he's like, who the fuck wants a friend that gets too scared and can't save them in their time of need? I am the worst friend. It is so real. There's a there's a fun little attention to detail while while we're at the like the trapping the tigger moment where uh-huh. uh, rabbit has on earmuffs but because rabbits don't have yeah. like ears the same place we do they're just kind of like pinning his ears folded no, down. No, I love it. It's it's right. not even that it's covering his ear holes. It's that it's pinning his ears down instead yeah. of just putting earmuffs on what are obviously like not the main hearing part of the ear. I liked that little attention to detail. Yeah, that yeah was good. it was yeah, a fun little fun. touch. Um, yeah, and you then you can he just... tell a lot of care goes into the animating of this show. They're, it's a high quality of animation. Their faces are moving a lot. There's some eyebrow like the way Pooh moves is just so good, you know. So good. He's I mean, just it's, on hinges. It it in a in a way that is incredibly inappropriate. It reminded me of the moment in Akira with all the like weird animals coming to life. Oh yeah, uh, you just reference anime. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it's it's Akira, so Rory can't get mad at me. Oh, okay. I don't know the intricacies <laughs> yeah. of the demerits. I can't. Uh, I, I am. I can't give the demerit for the best movie ever made. Unfortunately, <laughs> it is a phenomenally good so, movie. 
but there's a there's a part in that movie where a bunch like he's having a big crazy there's a big crazy freak out and like a bunch of these like little stuffed animals and stuff start moving and they move in this really freaky way like that you know that stuffed animals would probably move because they don't have because they bones. have hinges yeah they've got they hinges they ain't got and, no bones and in like Just the got cutest honey in it's just honey just this is a sack of honey <laughs> in the this cutest way possible honey. Pooh moves that way like his, no, his arms his arms sort of just sort of they stay out rigid he's um, got minimal articulation yeah it's so fun i love the yeah, way they make him move it's really good it's really good so then so then Pooh leaves piglet with the white scarf to be like you can be a hero if you want to be and uh i wrote um hey piglet sorry about your depression because he's so depressed like yes. yeah so real like i am useless and i'm hiding under a table depressed but his what, last when, line when, to poo is no one needs a friend who's always afraid like, goodbye oh. he literally says goodbye and i was goodbye. like this is a heavy week for piglet That's... to be telling me goodbye like i'm not <laughs> There's a lot going on in the world right now that I'm not ready for this level of, like, depression realness. But a key point, too, is that after they pull Tigger out, they finally get him out of the costume. Also, I love the trope in kids' cartoons where nothing actually has defined size or weight. So, like, (laughs) the costume is, like, it's, like, a certain level of tall and wide on Tigger. And then when it's off of him, it's this giant pool of fabric that seems to have no beginning and no end. And no structure. Uh, None. It's just a pool. Yeah. And they uh, and it gets caught. Uh, the wind grabs it. And it gets uh, caught in a tree, and it's hanging there very creepily during the <laughs> forthcoming storm. Yeah. And yeah. it uh, it finds its way loose, and uh, as as Pooh is walking away from Piglet's place, it it lands on Pooh. It wraps thinks, him up. Thinks he is being uh, attacked again by some again. sort of scary monster. So so Piglet Piglet gathers his nuts together and and in the white them scarf lines. grabs the white scarf. Yeah, uh, and, and he's looking good scarf. in that thing too. He, he comes out. Great. He's brandishing like a pot lid and a plunger. Oh god, that's hero Piglet. Like that's that stop where like the where the lightning flashes and he's got like he's got a plunger <laughs> and like a symbol on his head and the white the scarf and he's just a fucking hero and you're so proud of yeah, him. Yeah, he's then like King Leonidas just, there. Just, yeah, Piglet Piglet gets to to yell his battle cry, which is, if you wouldn't mind terribly, Mister Monster, could you please let go of my best friend Pooh? <laughs> <laughs> So wholesome. <laughs> Piglet! Oh, God, I love it. No, it's so... <laughs> yeah. He's I thought like... it was pretty, pretty cool of this episode, too, was that, like, there's multiple times where uh, Pooh has the opportunity to be really pushy and persistent, but just kind of lets Piglet dictate the terms. Yeah, yeah. he could be awful That's like Pooh's one of the deal. gummy bears. Yeah. <laughs> if Pooh went and saw the gummy bears, he would just like walk out of their house empty stomached, disgusted by yeah. the way they treat each other. Right. He like he's like, I have standards. Like, I mean he might take a pot of honey to go, but like he wouldn't, you know. There's right. a there's a level there. But um yeah, I thought this was really I also love that like it establishes from the beginning that we're gonna have like a friendly wrap up scene. So then they like they make a movie and Piglet gets to be the hero and it's very exciting and he gets to say his like fantastic line of please please leave my friends alone, which, you know, use your words, not your fists. Yeah, and but, he's uh, wearing he's wearing that scarf. Uh, so we know he's the hero. Right. And uh, he when he's wearing it, I just have written down Piglet is a fabulous bitch. He really is, though. He's wearing it. He's wearing it like he was born to wear it. 
so what would you guys say is uh, the moral of this episode? Because oh, yeah, mine, yeah. Mine is uh, mine is that carrots are terrible. <laughs> yeah, I would say uh, be nicer to the theater. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, I feel like the moral that I brought from this uh, was that no one is ever useless. Yeah, Aww. that's that's a like good one. that's like a, a nice counterpoint to that to that Care Bears episode we started, which is people that were useless. You are only useful if you have beneficial <laughs> output for those around you. Like, well, yeah, talking about like, that, like in this this like episode it, has yeah. has a he has an adult like an adult usher in the movies who just that's just his day job. You know what I mean? Like this is the eighties where like you can raise a family <laughs> and work at a movie theater. Yeah, yeah, uh, but <laughs> interesting counterpoint to the Care Bears. Thank you for pointing out the socioeconomic conditions of the Winnie the Pooh Bear universe. Uh, an interesting counterpoint to the Care Bears episode where the Care Bears episode was basically like, if you can't be useful to other people, then like you are worthless. Not useful to us. Right. But like what, but then the Pooh Bear episode is like, hey, we're going to find a way to make sure that everybody feels useful. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to all adapt to like best use the tools we have available and by tools I of course mean actual living things so it's still sort of capitalist bullshit but like in a much more wholesome way we're gonna foster the soil to bring out the precious flower that is you and not (laughs) any fucking carrots right wow love it we haven't talked about the theme song oh yeah let's let's do gotta get up up with that Gotta get going. It's really Gonna good. Gonna see a friend of mine. I, don't, I, don't I was know really proud of myself it. for being able to know every single word. Still, uh, it is. It's just a fucking banger. Like I. Uh, what I what I liked about the what I like about the theme song is that it kind of like like the vocals sort of evoke a Kenny Loggins feeling, which you know seems like they're trying to like maybe subtly link the brand with with Loggins that, and Messina's with the uh, House and Messina. Corner. When did, uh, when did House Loggins? of the Corner come out? Like seventy one. Oh shit, you're right. So like, so like, I, I kind of feel like they were they were that maybe going for the vibe a little. Yeah, that song uh, makes me weep every oh, single time. Oh, I know. Time. <laughs> that song's so good. Oh, it's oh yeah, you're right. So it definitely it's a hundred percent trying to pull like a, a Kenny Loggins, mm-hmm. um, but also be like a like kind of trying to be a little bit of a modern jam. Uh, oh yeah. But I really love the drop at the end, just to like like we're like we're like. Pop and rock, and we're 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 a high energy song, and then it just goes do 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 <laughs> do do do, and then it just like drops down to like the most minimum because it's like we're gonna party and then we're gonna nap. Like, yeah. don't worry about I, it. Like, I remember just... watching this as a kid. I remember watching this and just sort of like that's the most comforting thing in the world to watch yeah. the theme song get really pumped and then have it bring back down, and you watch them and like the sun sets on them at the the tree, and you're like, ah. Wow. Okay, I'm ready to I'm ready to feel good. We watched we watched three shows and I obviously I mean, I know what the the favorite is. I know what the best made one is. I think we knew that going in. Like Should we judge them via like um which one's too big, which one's too small, and which one's just right? Like what is too oh, hot, too cold, just right? Like should we Goldilocks good. this? That's good. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I know what I would say for it. Yes. Yeah, I think Care Bears I know my is rankings. too cold. I think Gummy Bears, Bears is too cold. Care Bears is too, too cold. Too Gummy Bears is too hot. Gummy Bears is way too hot. Way too hot. That's a spicy bear. I cannot handle that. <laughs> yeah. And Winnie the Pooh? Uh, Winnie Winnie Pooh just, just right. right. Just right. Absolutely. Just goddamn right. And you know what? As a guest throw it, you were just right. 
Oh, well, thank you. I'm just here to eat all your porridge and fuck up your beds. <laughs> it's been you it's are going to really need good. to give that porridge back. Um, that's going to take a minute. Great. I'm a bear. I don't care. You don't have any concept of time. You don't even wear a watch. No, no. We're all we're all, all just bears. Fish don't even use money. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm the baby bear, right? <laughs> I think that's Wait, clear. let's you're, rank you're, you guys in terms you're of the... bears. You're the baby in all of our in all of our many iterations. <laughs> yeah, Austin's the baby bear. I guess you're the I'm mama probably bear, mama Andy. bear. <laughs> Andy's totally mama bear, and he's hundred percent mama bear. Rory, Rory's cranky dad bear. Rory's papa bear. bear. I'm that big mean old papa bear. <laughs> Don't and disturb just... papa bear while he's sleeping. <laughs> and I'm just Goldilocks the burglar. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're so glad you burgled our show. Thanks for breaking yeah. and entering. Yeah. Thanks for leaving your doors unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. We do do that. We're bears. We're so <laughs> dumb about locks. <laughs> <laughs> the humans win again. <laughs> uh, so, real guys, thanks for keeping me up past my bedtime to talk about uh, my favorite cartoon show. Always. Yeah. Thanks for thinking of me when you thought always about Winnie the Pooh. I appreciate that, like, right when you were like, Winnie the Pooh, who do we got to have? Oh, Charlotte got a tattoo of Winnie the Pooh when she was 19 years old. Obviously that girl. Yeah, fact. That's a fact. Yeah. 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 And I yeah. think, uh, you know, we uh, we close usually on a thing that we say, that we always say. And I think this time we need to have uh, our friend Pooh Bear say it. <laughs> Andy, if you, you know him, right? Can you can you talk to him and have him say our final yeah. words? Yeah, that, that, that thing that we say, that thing that we say every time at the end of the episode, it's really fun because we always say it, is, uh, oh, oh, rabbit, please pass the ragu. <laughs> Rabbit, please pass the ragu. There it is. Rabbit, please pass the ragu. Oh, I've been waiting so long to say Good that night, classic everybody. catchphrase. Good night. <laughs> Hey, all my wholesome friends. Thanks for listening to our fun Wholesome Bear special with Charlotte. That was so much fun, wasn't it? Wasn't that wholesome and great? Uh, If you want to hear more of us, you can definitely go check us out on iTunes. You can subscribe to us on any other podcast app that you've got. Go to sadamtuesdays.com. That's where we're at. Uh, And find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram. And give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us a rating on iTunes, all that kind of stuff. Just help us out a ton and helps us really just keep on making our fun stuff and getting the word out there uh, for all the weird goofs that we make. Uh, Next episode, you can catch us watching Sailor Moon episode 29, Cyber 6 episode 7, and Moon Mace episode 8. Why don't you do that if you want to watch along? Because it's all out there somewhere. You'll find it. I, I believe in you. You'll find it.